Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. Are you an inconsiderate prick like me? Or are you a cheese ball like Ross Tucker? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Not a day I care much about, but we will break it down for you how we view Valentine's Day. And we are playing matchmaker on Valentine's Day for all those free agent NFL quarterbacks. Who would you want? Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton. That's the poll question this morning at RDC Home and Home and reaction across the country from the PR debacle that is the Houston Astros. How might the Red Sox learn from that absolute embarrassment all day long yesterday? It is a Friday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. And we're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. It is ziprecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs. I'm in Connecticut at home. Getting ready to hit the road. Ross Tucker's at home in Pennsylvania. He's probably all juiced up for Valentine's Day because he's a freaking cheese ball. But before you call me inconsiderate, Ross Tucker, let me um, tell the folks how you paid off a Super Bowl bet. So if you're listening out there, Ross Tucker and I bet on the Super Bowl. I took the Chiefs to cover. He took the Niners. He was going to send me a Bloody Mary basket. I was going to send him IPA really good beers from wherever it may have been. Probably the Connecticut, Vermont, New England region was psyched to open my bloody Mary basket. My wife was standing there by my side and she said, who the hell sent you that? I said, Ross settling a super bowl bet. He is either cheap or incredibly inconsiderate. Do you know why Ross Tucker? She said that. Uh, I, I absolutely do not know. Okay. All I know is that uh, I am friendly with the guys at 409 Tailgate Club yep. in Pennsylvania. It is a Penn State thing. They yep. are a sponsor of a show I do on Penn State football in Pennsylvania. Now, that said, I didn't okay. reach out to them. I didn't say anything. I didn't ask for any freebie or anything. I just ordered it and sent it to you. And it was on my mind because I had gotten an email from them about a month earlier or two months earlier about mm-hmm. this Bloody Mary um, kit, this Bloody ki- Bloody Mary basket, Bloody Mary kit, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So right. I don't know anything about Bloody Marys. I just know... As soon as I saw that, it made me think of you. And then when you said a bet, I thought, all right, if I lose, I'll buy him that Bloody Mary. No, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was $39 or $89. I don't remember. Uh, but I ordered it from those guys. I like those guys. Mm-hmm. So c- careful with your complaint right now because no, no. those You're guys be have just given fine me here. a lot of food over the years. It ain't about those guys. 
This ain't about them because this is delicious. 409 Tailgate Club Bloody Mary Mix. Not many rival mine. It's delicious. It's gluten-free, and it's fantastic. Ross Tucker also included pepperoni straws. Fantastic. Love them. And even a bacon rim, which if you're watching on the Radio.com app, is incredible. Check, check, check. The guys at 409, mm, that's fantastic. This is on you. A Bloody Mary basket, if you're settling a bet, has to include what did you not include? What else goes in a Bloody Mary? Jesus. Vodka. Oh, the vodka. <laughs> the vodka. This ain't on the Bloody Mary club, the, the tailgate uh, club. 409 tailgate club, they got it covered. You dropped the ball. It's not a Bloody Mary without vodka, Ross Tucker. What am I going to send you, non-alcoholic IPAs? Uh, Thank God. I, I, I mean, e even like a small bottle, like even like an airplane bottle at least would have said, at least here's enough for one Bloody Mary. Thankfully, I had my own stash. Um, all right. You so get it now? Number one, number one, I am an admittedly bad gift giver. Number two, I don't know what the rules are about sending that stuff across state lines or whatever, but I'm assuming the 409 Tailgate Club is not allowed to sell alcohol or do it. I honestly, Dave, never even thought about it. I just, I knew you like uh, Bloody Marys. I knew that they had this tailgate kit, this Bloody Mary kit. So I sent it to you. I didn't even think about the vodka portion of it, but I do know that the next time I get you a gift will be a cold day in hell. And I will <laughs> never get you a gift again now. Let's get back to the you being a bad gift giver part. It ain't a Bloody Mary without vodka. And it was my wife standing there by my side who pointed out, this is absurd, man. So, look, it is Valentine's Day. And I am a crusty prick when it comes to Valentine's Day. And thank God I married a woman who at least says she feels the same way about this ridiculous made-up Hallmark holiday um, because I don't have a gift for my wife on Valentine's Day. And I don't know that you can criticize given that I got no vodka in my Bloody Mary bed. Yeah, well, first of all, you're happy with everything you got, so maybe you should just stop there and not been critical, <laughs> number one. Number two, uh, I don't believe your wife for a second about the Valentine's Day thing. Even when they say that, deep down in places they don't want to admit, they still want it to be a special day. They still want you to make them feel special. And by the way, you have two daughters, including a young daughter, and you should set the tone with both of them about how potential future suitors should treat them on this and any holiday like a freaking princess, like the greatest thing that walked the earth. Because if they don't, you can't date my daughter. Wow. So we've got a football poll question, but you may have just proposed a better one. Is my wife, she doesn't want anything on Valentine's Day. Are women lying when they say that? 
Here's yes. why I don't think she's lying. The last time I went all out and got a big thing of flowers and some sort of chocolates, my wife looked at me like, yeah, nice try, pal. Like, I don't care that you got me something because it's Valentine's Day. I'm not falling for your forced shit. I would rather have you do anything any other day of the year. Was the look, was the reaction. Now, it seemed genuine to me that she was not at all excited about getting those flowers on Valentine's Day. She wants to see it. Now, maybe the problem is, is I'm not giving enough romance on the other 360-plus uh, days a year. Maybe that's the bigger issue here. But I believe her when she says it doesn't make a big difference whether I do or whether I do not. But you have me feeling bad, awfully bad, about setting an example for my young daughters and perhaps even more so for my son about how to treat a lady on Valentine's Day. So now I feel bad because of the parenting part. Thanks a lot, bro. Appreciate that. Well, it's true. It's true. They they take their cues from us. You got to make it special. And by the way, you know what I got my wife for Valentine's Day? Breath mints. I want to know. Breath mints. Oh, you're fired. Um, you know why? Because it's not about flowers or chocolates or some gift. It's about <laughs> time. It's about time. I am taking her. We have a date tonight. I am taking her. Uh, it's a surprise. Okay. And it's about almost an hour away. It's very cool. I'll tell you because I know she doesn't listen. It's down closer to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It is the Lidditz Fire and Ice Festival. They close off the streets. We've got dinner reservations. It's all ice sculptures. You walk, you get dessert here, you have a drink there. I've got dinner reservations. I'm making it special because you know what? It is special. It is freaking special. It's the only day that's just devoted along with maybe your anniversary, to just your loved ones, your your relationship. It, it is what you make of it. And I make it awesome because I like to live my life awesome. And I don't want to get too, I'm not going to get too deep here or too dark here, okay? But with what happened to Kobe Bryant recently and his daughter, to me, that only reinforced the importance of even if it's corny, even if it's lame, you go all in and you go all out because you never freaking know. And you'll never regret going all in on the corny Valentine's Day. You'll only regret the times that you didn't. God, you broke me, man. <laughs> but you got her breath mints because you're telling her she has bad breath. No, that's just something. <laughs> so, so, so to to my to your point about my wife, like my wife, like if I got her flowers or whatever, she'd be like, "Thank you." If I got her chocolate, she'd be like, "Do that." Like, so she is. Um, she just doesn't like the fluff. Or she doesn't like the fluff or the stupid stuff. She will be happy that she'll have those lifesavers or whatever. 
to put in her in her glove compartment in her car to pop every once huh. in a while when she's going to go into a meet. Like that's a practical gift that she'll be happy about. But she'll really, my wife. It's it's about quality time and it's about acts of service. So it's the fact that I took the time to come up with a unique and different place for us to go and thing for us to do time we actually spend together on the drive each way and tonight. So that's what it's really about. And, and to be truthful, Dave, I am more into it than my wife is. Um, she often tells, she often, when I am sentimental or emotional, she'll say, girl, <laughs> she'll, she'll call me she'll call me a girl she'll be like girl because I grew up much more like that than she did so she'll bust my chops about it she says I'm the girl in the li-. like I, we have three anniversaries that we celebrate and I take yeah. them all seriously she ma- kind of makes fun of me for that but oh I don't care God. I don't care you only live once dude First care. date, marriage, and what else? Marriage, first time we met her, and uh, first time we told each other we loved each other. Oh, my September girl. 16th, <laughs> September 16th, 2001. Girl. <laughs> you are such a cheese dick. Oh, my God. You are a Hall of Fame cheese dick. You have three anniversaries. I Oh, man. I got to step up my game. I got to step up my game. Uh, later in the show, we've got some unconventional Valentine Day <laughs> celebrations. Top four, really outside the box. If you're looking for something last second in summer, downright frightening. You are a legendary cheese dick. The way the Houston Astros hey, pulled off a legendary Hall of Fame, all-time great debacle yesterday in the history of sports, <laughs> public relations. It's hard to imagine anything in any sport topping the pathetic performance the Astros have put together since the sign-stealing scandal went down, and yesterday was the coup de grace. It was unreal. From Altuve to Bregman, and the cherry on top was the owner, Jim Crane. We've got reaction from around the country, from San Francisco, from Boston, from D.C., Dallas, New York, and Philly. Here's how they all bought Jim Crane coming out and saying it didn't impact the game and then reversing himself on that one seconds later and saying he should not be held accountable. Reaction from the Astros debacle from around the country. That's all I can think of with the Houston Astros completely disingenuous apology was from the episode of South Park about the BP oil spill. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. Uh. And this guy stands up there and says, I don't think it affected the game. This didn't impact the game. Yeah, didn't impact the game. That looks what do you mean it didn't impact the game? I, well, I didn't say on. it didn't impact the game. I didn't say it didn't impact the game. I didn't say it didn't impact the game. What? This didn't impact the game. I mean, I am more angry about this now than I was when the news came out. I can't really explain why, Danny, and I'm not able to fully comprehend how this trajectory internally has happened for me. 
but are you bleeping kidding me? We won the World Series. We'll leave it at that. Didn't you have an advantage in these games? Didn't it influence the game? And he said it may have and it may not have. Their opinion is that it didn't. Are you kidding me, dude? You can tell that he means everything that he's saying by the cadence of his voice. I I have a prepared remark. Always the great start to a sincere apology. Corey, I have some prepared remarks for you. (laughs) I mean, like, seriously. Mark Davis is no longer the worst owner in sports. No. Dan Snyder is no longer the worst no. owner in sports. Dolan, pick, though. Pick Dolan your owner be. du jour. I don't know, James Dolan. This guy okay. might be James Dolan. He's just dumber. He said it didn't impact the game. We won the World Series and we're moving on is, is essentially what he said. And then less than a minute later, well, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. This guy's a moron. Yo, yeah. This guy, <laughs> is he is not very bright. We as Red Sox fans need to thank God that Jim Crane is not the owner of the Red Sox. This guy is a buffoon. Obviously, it affected the performance on the field or they wouldn't have done it. I mean, we know that. I mean, do they want to... Why, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this for this year? The Astros should be made to tell the other team which pitch is coming. They should have uh, Verlander and all the other pitchers shout out fastball, curveball, and see how that goes for them. So it obviously affected the performance. Okay, sure. Let's go home now. Like, like what a fool. That He wasn't prepared. Obviously, no. he wasn't prepared. Who the, hell, who the hell would tell him to say that and to do that? Excellent reaction from around the country as we fire up our radio.com red zone reaction from around the country. And look, we crucified the Astros yesterday, Nick Costos in the final half an hour. Recommend you go back and listen to that on the radio.com app on demand. Couple of great points made there. The only thing I could compare this to was brought up there by 95-7 the game. This is like the BP oil spill PR reaction. That's the only thing it compares to. Nothing in sports would compare it to because the Patriots, they handle things their own way, which were on to Cincinnati. And ultimately, the Patriots, no one felt like in the end, that was why they were winning. They've proven that over the last 20 years. Uh, two, Jim Crane now in the conversation for the worst owner in sports. No one in sports knew the name Jim Crane before a few months ago. And now he's being compared with Dan Snyder as the worst owner in sports. That is amazing. And three, as we move this forward, the Boston Red Sox are up next. They are on the clock. They are going to get hit because they did break the rules. They did use the Apple watch. They did not do what the Astros did. Uh, Not even close. Um, That I've been told from some very close sources to this situation. But let's move this forward. Ross, what should they have said? Because I've thought about many times, maybe I could take my media experience and go into PR. And so I thought, what would I tell them to say? What should they have said? Is there anything the Astros could have said to quiet the situation, to move it on, to move it forward? Not really. Um, And the more I think about this, especially the owner, just because you're rich and made a lot of money and own a team doesn't mean you are necessarily an expert or able to handle a lot of questions like this the way you would like to or the way you should. Clearly, this guy was in over his head. 
But just because you made a bunch of money, I don't know how he made his money. Maybe you know, Dave, and you bought a baseball team doesn't mean you're the greatest public speaker. Doesn't mean you're able to convey what you'd like to convey. Because I think he was trying to say it may have, it may not have. We don't really know. You know, there's no way to know for sure. But that's clearly not what he said. Um, I actually thought what was worse than that was when he said, I shouldn't be held accountable. Like that is stunning to me. So I think about like, you know, with the, did it affect you win the World Series? You know, I just don't think that came out the way he wanted it to, right? Like I think he, what he meant to say was it might have, it might not have, you know, we won the World Series, whatever. I don't, we don't, we don't really think it had much of an impact, whatever. But to be asked whether or not you should be held accountable when you're the owner of the organization I'm just shocked that he doesn't know or nobody told him that the answer to that question is always, yes, I am, I have been, uh, we are accountable for what we did, which is why we've made the changes we've made, which is why we accept the discipline Major League Baseball gave us. Like, you don't let people have the soundbite or the quote I don't think I should be held accountable. That definitely was the worst part of it. I thought it was a pretty easy uh, layup for the Astros yesterday. Um, you have to acknowledge that it may have impacted the game. Otherwise, there's no way they would have done it. There's no way they would have taken the chances, broken the rules, spit in the face of the commissioner. We'll never know. I think you obviously defend the quality of baseball team that you have. And we'll find out soon enough how good that team is and how much impact it had. Cause if Jose Altuve is a 240 hitter with 18 home runs, boy, his career looks a lot different. You come out and you defend your ball club. You admit that it had some impact on the game, but we'll never know. I built a world series champion here. And I believe that they would have won in 2017 with or without the stealing signs, but I am sorry. And you don't ever read from a script. I, all these things don't ever read from a script, speak from the heart, apologize and say, we're going to do everything we can to rebuild trust in this organization. We apologize most importantly to the fans and to the kids who love baseball and believe in baseball. Try to turn the page, but apologize from the bottom of your heart. And if you are the owner, you absolutely take accountability. You say, I didn't do my job. I failed to monitor my own baseball club. And to your question, Jim Crane has made hundreds of millions of dollars as a brilliant businessman, majority shareholder of Champion Energy, Crane Worldwide Logistics, Crane Freight and Shipping, so on and so forth. It's amazing that successful a businessman doesn't have a clue about public relations. He certainly has a firm helping him out with it. This was one of the all-time debacles. And now, hopefully, the Boston Red Sox have learned how to handle this because they're going to get hit. It might be this week. It might be next week. Hopefully, they've learned how to apologize sincerely, how to say we are sorry to everyone, and how to turn the page and not bring this back up. Because now, this will dominate the Major League Baseball season. It will be the biggest story from now to the end of the year. This ain't the NFL. And we'll talk about Miles Garrett later in the program. But Miles Garrett happened. Yeah, it was a big story for four or five days. 
And then it was gone because the game is so great because Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and 20 million people are watching each and every football game. This ain't the NFL, man. This is baseball where this story, much like the PED era, will dominate the year. Let me tell you this, though, Ross. I'm not sure it's bad for baseball. I'm not sure this isn't good for baseball. Sports need a villain. Every sport needs a villain. Politics need a villain. And villains rate well. We need someone to hate. I'm not convinced this in any way reflects poorly on the game. I think the commissioner has got a long way to go. And I think his job could ultimately be on the line here. He is the face of this debacle. He screwed it up going back three or four years. I'm just not convinced it hurts the game of baseball. How does it? I don't think it really does, Dave. And this is one of the issues I feel like we have in society is that on some level, controversy is good. Yeah, Controversy brings more attention. You know, there are times, Dave, where I sit there and I think, does the NFL like controversy? Now, they haven't had as much recently. But over the last five years, there have been enough things where I just thought, Gosh, it's almost like they want this to happen. Like, it's almost like, like, how could they do this? Almost like they want the controversy that goes along with this. I think for the Major League Baseball, it is Friday, February 14th. Valentine's Day, by the way, Dave. And <laughs> we're talking about baseball. We're talking about baseball. You know, we got the XFL. We got the All-Star Weekend for NBA. We're actually talking about baseball. And by the way... Astros games next year, all immediately interesting, which mm -hmm. is something new. We all have a team to root against and teams to root for. You're right. We all have a vested interest in a team other than our own, which is very rare for baseball. Typically, I don't care about any team other than the Phillies. And that's it. That's it. And I think that's a problem. I'll say this, though. I'm a little skeptical about how long the fan outrage and how pronounced it will be. They play 162 games. I think when the first time they play in New York, it'll be crazy. I think the first time if they play the Dodgers this year, it'll be intense. When they play Milwaukee, Will there be hundreds of people killing these guys or no? When they come to other cities, will it really? And all these pitchers are talking a big game. Are they really going to beat them? Are they like, I I'm not so sure. Are they, are they really going to be the guy that hits a guy and then they start a fight? And look, I hope they are. I love bench clearing brawls in baseball, especially when somebody actually does something. Punch somebody, do something, please, sand, foam, anything, do something. Um, but I'm skeptical as to how many pitchers really do that. You know, maybe the first series, one guy does it. But I, I'm most interested now in the fan reaction and the pitcher reaction for the opposing teams. And I'm skeptical that either one of them will be as significant as people are acting like they will be. Yeah, I think the actually think the anger from the fans will probably carry throughout the season, with the exception of road trips to divisional opponents, which you do multiple times. 
every time they visit a unique opponent, that stadium will fill up. The signs will be great. They'll have chants that'll be great. I don't think the there have been theories, and you threw out one, that the guys are going to throw at the Astros. Uh, I would love to see that, quite frankly. A couple of bench-clearing brawls would not be all that bad, but Major League Baseball is going to get a grip on that because Rob Manfred has sucked from the beginning to the end. He's been awful, and he's got to get a grip on this, and that starts with warning Major League clubs about throwing at Houston Astros batters, which they will certainly try to get a handle on before spring training ends. Circle May 22nd, 3rd, and 4th. That'll be interesting. Astros at the Red Sox, the sign-stealing scandal series. It's going to dominate this year. Just not convinced it's entirely bad for baseball. Let us know what you think about that. RDC, home and home, on Twitter. Up next, we'll talk about our poll question after a break. It is Valentine's Day, and that's the theme here. We are all about love. No, I'm not. Ross Tucker's all about the love. We'll leave the love to the cheese ball. But we are matchmaking with NFL free agent quarterbacks. We want you to weigh in on our poll this morning. If you had one quarterback for your team next season, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, the results, a surprise to this guy, will happen for you after a break. But first, got to tell you about zip recruiter Gretchen Hebner. Do you know her? I do. She's Codable's co-founder. She experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you, and by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones, then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Valentine's Day, home and home. We are matchmaking on a Bloody Mary Friday, pairing those free agent quarterbacks with their perfect loved one for the 2020 NFL season. It is a Bloody Mary Friday here on Home and Home, radio.com sports original. And we're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. It's ziprecruiter.com slash enter. It will be an off season dominated by free agent quarterback news. And because it is, Valentine's Day, we're going to pair those quarterbacks up with their perfect loved one for this coming season. And that's why we asked you at RDC Home and Home, which QB would you most want for your team next season? Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. All three are in the news this week. And Ross Tucker, let's start with Cam Newton. Six and ten in the last two years. Loser of eight straight starts. And hence, David Tepper, Panthers owner, 
says it's all about Cam's health. We are basically taking the wait and see approach. Ross, I don't see any other way you can play it for a quarterback of his age, who again has lost eight straight starts, six and 10 on the last two years and looked mediocre the last time he stepped on the football field. There is no other way to play this. What do you read out of that? Is he as good as gone? So I, I, I do think that, Dave. Um, they've moved on from Greg Olson. Luke Keekley has retired. You know, these are not the Panthers of the last decade or so. With Matt Rule getting the contract he got, it's kind of a clean slate. And I know this sounds weird, Dave, but it kind of gives the Panthers an out. You know what I mean? Like, it gives them a way to move on from Cam Newton and uh, without it seeming unreasonable. The combination of his health issues, and they have been myriad over the last few years, and having a new regime in there almost allows the Panthers to have an exit strategy for Cam Newton without getting their fan base too upset. You know... If they definitely wanted him to be the quarterback, what they would say is, Cam is our quarterback. As long as he's healthy, he is our guy. That's not what they're saying. That's not what they're saying at all. They're saying, well, you know, he's not healthy. We can't sort it out. We don't know what to say until he's healthy. He's just not healthy, blah, blah, blah. There's a very big difference in my mind. Maybe it's semantics, but that's my read on it. So the Panthers pick number seven. And, and the question is, they're not going to get those top two quarterbacks. Burrow's gone at one. Can't imagine Tua falls any further than Miami at five, which leads them without in my estimation, a franchise quarterback to draft. So do they somehow, some way pull up a miraculous trade? Do they, do they include Christian McCaffrey, God forbid, in a trade to somehow move up to one? I don't think that happens. I think the Bengals know the only way they reset this organization is with Joe Burrow, but who knows? So then we have to match make. Where's Cam Newton next season? That's a tough one. Uh, a, a really tough one because I don't see a lot of great fits. One possibility is maybe the LA Chargers. They seem to want a mobile quarterback. If they don't get Tom Brady, maybe they still take a Justin Herbert with the six overall pick if they like him. But they can sell Cam Newton, I guess, out there in L.A. He's still a big name. They want to have a quarterback that's mobile, they said. But I don't see – that's the problem. I don't see a lot of great fits for Cam. With his injury history, Dave, I'm not seeing a lot of teams being all that interested in him. I'm not either. The only place I'd like to see him at least compete is Chicago. But all this depends on the contract – 
until we see him healthy, certainly Chicago's not going to pay a ton of money. They're going to need some competition in that camp, and they can't go out and they spend on a Bridgewater. So I'd like to see Cam Newton try to push Mitch Trubisky in a camp, but not you're not going to have a camp pusher at $20 million a year, so it really depends on the contract. Up next is Jameis Winston, who stunningly had LASIK surgery to correct his bad eyesight that the world has been making jokes about since his days at Florida State. You all remember the gifs of Winston at FSU squinting to see anything, at which point everyone said, how does this guy throw the ball if he clearly cannot see? What does it tell you that Winston has this LASIK surgery as he hits free agency and matchmake? Where is he next season? I think he's back with the Bucs. Um, I think the Bucs are really going to go with either Phillip Rivers or Jameis Winston. I'm sure they're considering all their options. Uh, but I think Phillip Rivers is going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. That's my guess. And as a result, I think Jameis Winston is going to come back to the Bucs. Because Jameis Winston's another one where it's like, who is the team that's saying, that's the guy we want. Like, look around, right? Who is the team that's saying, Jameis is our guy? I don't see it. I think he's another guy that maybe would go to Chicago to compete with Trubisky. I don't really see the Dolphins doing that. I don't see the LA Chargers bringing in Jameis Winston. I don't see the Colts doing that or thinking he's an upgrade really from Brissett. I don't see a lot of good fits for Jameis Winston either. I think he ends up sticking with the Bucks on another one-year deal and Arians thinks, okay, he got the LASIK and maybe with another year of my tutelage, I can get him to cut down on the turnovers. We know the high-end upside is there in terms of touchdowns, yards, et cetera. I'm, by the way, Dave, fascinated by the fact that he just got LASIK. I got it after my rookie year. The guy did Redskins eyes for free, which was awesome. It was like five grand an eye, and I got it for free. I was a little skeptical until I saw his client list, and number one was Tiger Woods. I was like, uh, good enough for me. I'll do it. One of the best things I ever did. I don't know. Do you ever have contacts or glasses or LASIK, Dave? Never had eyesight issues at all, no. Yeah, dude, it, it's unbelievable. Like, I used to have to wake up and put glasses on, go into the bathroom, put contacts mm. on. I woke up the next morning, like 2015. Wow. I mean, it was awesome. What's weird is that Jameis Winston wore contact lenses for baseball, but doesn't for football. And, you know, I don't think... Many of the interceptions were like an eyesight thing. You know, it's more about decision-making, but it can't hurt. You know, I mean, being able to see much better can't hurt him. No question. It is bizarre how he didn't have this back in college, if not his first year in the pros. He's clearly had these eyesight issues. They've been a running joke across the Internet, across the country for the last seven years. He's my guy to answer our poll question at RDC home and home, which quarterback you want 
next season, Newton, Winston, or Dalton. I would take Winston of the three, no question about it, because of the upside. Too much upside there. He'll cut down on the interceptions, but still going to probably throw 18 to 20 somewhere, which is troublesome. But of these three, he's got clearly the highest upside, the guy that can take advantage of an outstanding group of wide receivers, arguably the best in the NFL. Number three on this list is Andy Dalton. And I thought the number would be closer to 0% of people wanting Andy Dalton as their guy for next year. But Ross, if you are the Patriots and Tom Brady is no longer an option, is Andy Dalton the guy you would consider and why? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I think you can make an argument that depending on your roster construction and the team you have, that you can win more games with Andy Dalton than Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. And frankly, let's just look at the Patriots. I think out of those three, Andy Dalton would be first on their list. So whether it's one of the millennials or you that hates Andy Dalton, just know First of all, would you agree with me that out of those yeah. three options, the Patriots would be most interested in Andy Dalton? The Patriots would be. Right. Um, Jameis Winston, too much upside. I just don't see a mediocre group of wide receivers with a slightly better than mediocre quarterback. That's terrifying to me. Yeah, no, I, so I totally disagree. I think that the Patriots would much prefer Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater, that type of quarterback. I think if Brady goes elsewhere, those are the two that the Patriots will be interested in, Andy Dalton and Teddy Bridgewater. I think they would prefer either one of them over Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. I would absolutely take Bridgewater over Andy Dalton. I just need a guy with some upside, and we've seen a whole lot of years of Andy Dalton's mediocrity, but there are a lot of guys in this class that the question ultimately is, what's your ceiling? And and that Philip Rivers is the guy for me. Yes, the Colts would be a good fit, but what are the Colts with Philip Rivers? They're a few games better. They're not a competitor with Philip Rivers. So do you want to be stuck in mediocrity? Some teams are better off taking a step back, losing more football games, getting a higher draft pick. But let's talk about all these salary cap implications of this free agent quarterback class with Michael Gennetti, our good friend, from Spotrack, um, I screwed it up again. Spot track because I want it to be Spotrack. Michael Gennady, good to have you back on the program. Been a while, my friend, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Let's have you answer our poll question this morning. Who's the guy you want for one season? Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. Oh, I'm with Dalton on that one. I think Dalton finds a, re a really strong team here in 2020, whether it's the Saints to uh, fill in for Drew Brees after 2020 whether it's the Patriots to take over for Brady at some point. I, I think Dalton maybe has to sit out for one year, um, depending on how these chips fall. But I do think he gets the uh, the better team at the end of the day. And what do you think what, – what is his current contract, Mike? Um, and do you think that whoever trades for him just keeps that last year or they extend him? But what's, what's he at right now? Yeah, it's one, one year, $17 million. So – it sort of depends on how you're going to treat it. If you're going to treat it like I'm talking, where, whereas he comes in and sort of sits for a year and backs some somebody up, maybe you keep him around on that deal. Otherwise, you're definitely going to push this thing out three to four years, give him a signing bonus, you know, make him happy and comfortable. 
And then whenever you need him, whether it's 2020 or forward, uh, he's ready to roll. But it's a, it's sort of a 50-50 shot there based on whether you keep that contract or not. But what do you make of the reports that the Bengals are going to facilitate a trade that would work out well, that, that Andy Dalton would be pleased with? And would you have any of the model franchises in the NFL do that? Would Bill Belichick ever do that? Although I, I guess I can't really say that because look what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. They certainly could have got better investment, better return on their investment, and they sent him to a great situation with the guy Bill Belichick likes. But what does that tell you that the Bengals want to make him happy? Two things. Number one, uh, certainly Dalton's earned that. Um, and not that that means anything when it comes down to business, but you can understand that being a part of this conversation right now. But the other thing is you've got to, you've got to show a good face for, you know, your other, your other superstars going forward. You want to be able to attract free agents when it's time to, to fill in around Joe Burrow and something like this. I mean, it's, it's the conversation we had with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. I mean, they paid him $21 million to go away. And, you know, that's not just a gesture. That's a that's a show of business from the Colts standpoint. That's that's to show that we take care of our own and we're willing to go the extra mile to make sure that this team is comfortable and happy. So I completely agree with and believe the, uh, the report that they're going to take care of Dalton in terms of where they trade him. Michael, let's get into Cam Newton. Uh, I think he's a, a really interesting situation. So yeah. what is his salary cap number and and contract for this year it's a little more than dalton it's one years and 20 million it's about 19 to let him go um 19 cash it would be so it, to me that's exactly the same scenario and and maybe even more so because of the injury situation um i think any team that takes on cam whether it's via trade or even if they have to sign him as, as just a street free agent uh, you're going to want to slow play this and make sure he can get back to full speed because I'm not sure that the, the past two years of Cam Newton proved that he's even been able to do that. Um, I like him out West somewhere. It just seems like the Raiders or the Chargers would be involved in this conversation for Cam because both can kind of bridge this thing, especially the Chargers who have that high draft pick right now and probably will take a quarterback up there in the first round. Uh, I love Cam Newton as a bridge option for the Chargers to get them to that rookie quarterback or... <laughs> Look, if Cam works out, then certainly you've got a huge trade ship in whoever you just drafted. Uh, to me, that makes a ton of sense, just to, rather than somebody take a huge splash on Cam to be their, their their quarterback for the next four to five years. That doesn't seem likely to me. All right, so, but here's the issue, right, is I don't think he's going to be fully healed by yeah. the time the new league year starts. So how does anybody really trade for him then? Or how do the Panthers make a decision about him or trade him with him not being recovered from that Liz Frank surgery? Yeah, it's certainly going to drop the uh, the value. I mean, I, I don't think Andy Dalton or Cam Newton will will bring back a huge trade value because they are rentals essentially for, based on what their contract structure is. Um, and certainly the injury to Cam Newton adds to that. Uh, you, you know, does he have to pass a physical to be released? That's another question. Or do they have to find an injury settlement situation with Newton? It's, it's a bit of an ugly situation. But look, the, uh, the other side of this is, do they even go, right? I mean, does Andy Dalton even go at the end of the day? Or does he just sit and become an Eli Manning mentor to Joe Burrow for a year, which isn't the worst situation in the world for the Bengals? It's not great for Dalton. But that's certainly something to talk about is, is does Cam Newton even leave Carolina? Or is he just you know, a fill in the blanks option for whatever else they do. I do think there's another quarterback coming to town, whether it's via the draft or via the free agency list, but um, I'm not even positive that Dalton and Newton leave. 
Just don't get in that Justin Herbert business. Michael Gennady, Spot Track with <laughs> us. Check him out, Spot Track on Twitter. Great podcast he has as well. Founding member of the 30 30 Club, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. LASIK Winston. Where is he next year and what's the market? <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. That's awesome. Um, the market's going to be decent. He's going to be middle of the road because look at he's a gunslinger. This is an air attack league right now. And teams that have a running game and, and just need to sort of fill in the blanks with a pass with, with a, a big time passer are, are going to be fine. I've got him in Vegas. That that's where I put him in, in my little bold projections list. Uh, I just think John Gruden brings him in, pairs him with his Josh Jacobs running game, and they go crazy. I think they need to open up that offense, and nobody opens up you know an offense more than Jameis from what we've seen over the past two years. I, I don't know that there's going to be three four teams vying for his services. Uh, but I do think there's a two to three year contract a little bit, you know, around the, what it costs for the franchise tag per year, about 27, 28 million to bring him in and try him out somewhere else. I think a change of scenery is going to work for everybody. Wow. So you think he gets a, a two or three year deal with the average being at the franchise tag amount? Yeah, look, that's middle of the road now. I mean, that's 10 million less than than the highest paid quarterback in the league. So that's essentially taking a chance on somebody right now, $27 million, which I know sounds absurd, but that's, that's sort of where we live right now with the quarterback position. If he's, if he's going to start $27 million, that, that franchise number is essentially going to be the, 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 the floor, right? I mean, the fact that Nick Foles got 22 to be the starter in Jacksonville was supposed to be a steal. It's backfired completely on him, but that was supposed to be a steal. So many people playing this musical chairs game this offseason. We mentioned three. Then you've got Rivers and you've got Taysom Hill and Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. When that music stops, what dude is just standing there with no chair to sit in and has is out of the game? I thought about that um, because I think there's at least a backup role for everybody. I mean, I even have Marcus Mariota backing up somebody this year, which to me, to me, six weeks ago, he was out. He, he was completely out of the game because it just didn't seem like his skill set was translating for what he could put together on the field. Um, I've got him backing up Trubisky in Chicago for whatever reason. That's just where my chips fell with him. Uh, I, I think the, the guy who may have trouble is Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr will be released and they'll bring in somebody, whether it's you know Brady or Winston or whoever, Cam Newton. And I think he's, he's vying for a backup role, and he's in a situation where maybe he wants to get paid a little more than teams will be willing to pay him, and maybe he's the odd man out. Um, possibly Indianapolis for Derek Carr. Po- you know, maybe he's vying for, for Jacoby Brissett's services. Uh, but I, just, I struggle to see a second act for Derek Carr somewhere right now. I want to get, uh, Michael, with you on the Tom Brady situation mm-hmm. because I find it compelling – this March 18th date and the $13.5 million in dead money that -hmm. will hit the Patriots. Because on the one hand, I don't know how Brady signs with the Chargers or the Raiders or whoever without getting a chance to talk to the coaches. Like, I don't know. Does he even know Anthony Lynn? Has he ever even met the offensive coordinator for the Chargers? I doubt it. Yet he's not allowed to do that until March 18th. But if he doesn't figure something out by the, with the Patriots by that date, they got to eat that 13 and a half million, right? Which, you know, they don't want to do number one. And number two, that would kind of sabotage what Brady's trying to do. If he, if he does want to go back to New England. 
Exactly. Exactly. He it's it certainly sounds like even if he ends up back in New England, that he does want to at least go and talk to other teams, which is a first. Um, so just to understand that 13 and a half million, it's spread out over two years in terms of voidable years. So the, what we're talking about here is if he does sign a new contract today, for instance, and it's a three year contract, the six point seven five million over the next two years can stay six point seven five million this year and next year in terms of, you know, the the bonus proration. If March 18th comes and Tom Brady doesn't have a contract with the Patriots that allows that proration to remain spread out, 13 and a half million will hit the Patriots cap in 2020, even if the next day he signs another contract. So it'll be 13 and a half million of dead cap for Brady. And then whatever the new contract is added on to that. Uh, so that, that's a sticky situation. And for, and for Breeze, it's even more, it's 21.3. So the saints have even more incentive to get a deal done with Breeze right now in the next couple of weeks. So that that 21 million doesn't hit their cap. And then they double up with a contract for him. So it's two really uh, sticky situations um, they can both handle it. I mean, th- there's a ton of cap space for everybody right now, but uh, you, you know, you want to get this thing done right now. But you're right; it's counterintuitive to what Brady is saying he wants to do, which is go and talk to talk to other teams and get some stakes in LA. Uh, so it, there's a very good chance that this is the situation we're talking about—a dead cap plus a contract for Tom Brady. So, but if they give him a contract before that, and they extend it out by a couple years, then they can extend out that proration as well and he can get more money but they can lower the cap and have voidable years or option years or all the garbage that they do exactly yeah they can pretty much keep it same as they've done before which is structure it like two real years and two fake years um my guess is that's exactly what they want to do but you're right i mean if he wants to go talk it's going to bite him because they're going to have to accelerate that dead cap to 2020 and it's going to be really tough to pay him what he wants this year on top of that 13 million of cap already there. All right. The more this situation goes on, the more I think about Tom Brady playing in the AFC West against Patrick Mahomes, I think going to end up right where he's been back in new England with apologies to Christian Fourier's 99.6%. Talking to Michael Gennetti at Spot Trek on Twitter. Check out their awesome podcast. Taysom Hill. I am very intrigued by, I admit it, Michael, I'm like a cat chasing that shit shiny object around the room. I'm all in on Taysom Hill as a franchise quarterback. I just think his best chance of doing that is in New Orleans for Sean Payton after Drew Brees is done. But what's the market for do-it-all Taysom Hill? We have no clue. We, we, we just don't have a clue. I mean, this is a, an anomaly. We really haven't seen this since Tim Tebow, who demanded to be a quarterback and really wouldn't play these other games. Um, we thought that's where the game was going when he was involved. Uh, you, you know, it sure sounds like New Orleans wants to run this game. They want to play, you know, one more game of Wildcat with him for however long Breeze is going to be. I think it's probably one more legitimate year and then hand the raids over to Taysom Hill. Uh, I, I think the agents, you know, comments from Hill basically saying it's time. Now is the time for me to be a quarterback. Say otherwise, though. Look, I in my little bold projections, I have him as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 2020 um, via an offer sheet. I, I do think if they tender him at the second round level, which is risky because I do think there are teams that will go an offer sheet at a second round level, that they will lose Taysom Hill in New Orleans. And if that's the case, he will get his chance to start somewhere. What will that offer sheet be? I, I mean, I guess we'd start with Nick Foles. The $22 million a year over three, four years, because that is essentially the starting quarterback floor right now. Um, 
I don't know if that's enough. Is that enough to stop New Orleans from signing him long-term? Probably not. So you might have to get a little more creative with how you structure things because New Orleans doesn't have a ton of cap space, and if they do sign Breeze back, it'll be even less to work with. It's going to be a really fun situation. We almost never see offer sheets, and we certainly never see offer sheets for quarterbacks. Uh, but there's a really legitimate chance that that's what happens in the next couple of weeks with Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Mike, you don't think they're going to tender him at the first round level and just end all this? I mean, it's a little less than $6 million. They clearly value him. Seems like it would make sense to bring back Breeze for one more year. You have Taysom Hill as the backup and jack-of-all-trades for one more year as a restricted free agent. And then with Breeze gone, if you like Taysom Hill that much, you slide him in as the next starter in New Orleans. I, I'd be stunned if they didn't tender him at the first-round level, wouldn't you? Ross, I would too, but you just don't see it enough. I just don't see enough teams using the first-round tender to say that it's it's definitely going to happen. It should happen because this is a starting quarterback, and as a backup quarterback for one more year, $6 million is exactly where you should be. That's a high-end backup uh, salary right there. So it makes a ton of sense. It's completely logical. But time and time again, I see teams trying to sneak in the second round and save themselves you know, $1.5 million for one year, and sometimes they get burned. We've seen a couple of running backs and, and wide receivers move on, on offer sheets because of it. Um, you know, Like I said, we don't really see it with the quarterback. I think you're right. They're gonna, they, they should secure themselves with that first-round tender, and if somebody wants to offer sheet them on that, they're going to be happy about it. Last one for me, Mike. What should Dak's contract be right now? I mean, on a long-term deal, what in your mind is a reasonable deal from both sides' perspective for Dak Prescott? Uh, it should be Russell Wilson's contract. I mean, the, the time for games and nitpicking are over at this point. I mean, you can nickel and dime him, you know, saying he's worth 30. I can tell you he's worth 33 on the site based on our calculations. That's fine. But now he's he's a free agent, right? We're heading towards free agency. And I understand that they're going to tag him and not allow him to talk to other teams, and you know, for the foreseeable future. But if I'm Dak and I'm Dak's agent, that's exactly how I'm coming into negotiations. Here's the highest quarterback contract. This is what we need. You know, we're in our mid-20s. We're in our prime. This is the Dallas Cowboys. It's time to pay the quarterback the right way. Uh, so to me, there's there's no wavering anymore. You've, you had time to get $33 million done. And that was six months ago in, inside the season when things were taught, were progressing. And it seems like they wouldn't go to there at that point. And now there's no negotiations. Now it's $35 million and maybe a little bit north of that just to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Excellent stuff there from Michael Gennetti at Track. Check out the podcast, Track as well. He'll tell you why the Lions are not trading away Matt Stafford. Too much dead cap money. Before you go, Michael, it's Valentine's Day. What's your take on Valentine's Day? And, and let's put it in your terms. How much money should the average guy be spending? Oh, I love this. I love this. My wife and I agreed to not spend any money this year. Can you believe that? Yes. I'm probably going to get burned for this, right? I'm, no, I'm definitely not by burned. me. <laughs> <laughs> now not that, now that me. I say it out loud, I'm, I'm definitely in trouble. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it like is it like a third of a birthday, right? So, like, if you spend 250 on a birthday, should you spend, like, 90 on Valentine's Day? Is that too much? I mean, what's a, what's a dozen roses? About 100 bucks, right? No. I don't know where you, no, I don't no. know where you're getting 100. I don't know where you're getting roses, dude. But you got to come talk to me. I can get you. 
I can get you a real nice deal. 1-800-Flowers.com. Use code football, by the way. I can get you a real nice deal. A lot less than that. $250 for a birthday? My wife and I don't ever give each other anything that's more than like 50 bucks, 100 bucks ever. I like this. I, so, I need to learn your ways. Well, no, I'm with you, Michael. I'm going to spend, well, zero as well. What if you break that rule? Like if you go out and buy some flowers, is, is she going to be mad at you? Do, do both of you just genuinely not buy this holiday altogether? Yeah, we wrote it off. We're like 15 years in here. We wrote it off a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's the Hallmark holiday. We've got kids now, so we give them some crappy little $3, you know, grocery store gifts. They love it. They eat it up. So we, we pass the buck down to the kids and it's caught, it saved us a ton of money. <laughs> I knew I liked you, Mike. I, I knew you were my kind of guy. Ross Tucker's the cheese dick of the year, man. You wouldn't believe the lengths he's going to to make his wife happy today. But he's a good dude, just a cheese ball. We like how you do it. Zero dollars from the man who knows dollars and cents. Michael Gennetti at Track on Twitter. Good to have you, my friend. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. <laughs> really great analysis on Valentine's Day and on the free agent market. The Derek Carr could be out and that right, Taysom guys. Hill could start next season in Carolina. Love all those takes. We'll take a break and more on Valentine's Day, including some outside-the-box options for you fellas. If you want to spend a little bit of money, or if you're single, we got an option for you. And also our friends from Pro Football Focus weigh in further on the free agent quarterback carousel. Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then, find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes, Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.